0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Needle Mouse Podcast. With me, I have Miles. Hello. And I also have Keith Stack. Hello. So, um, basically, um, so you know Miles from previous shows, but it's but it's great to have Keith here, and um, we're talking about a topic that Keith is very experienced in: animation. So, um, to start things off, I thought I'd just quickly start us off on the Sonic-y thing. Um, Sonic has had a lot of animations. There's basically five animated series and one OVA, original video animation. And that's technically, if you don't count, the most recent live-action film as animation, which is a question in and of itself. I know that Hollywood's been grappling with that with movies like Gravity and such like that. But for the record, we won't count that. And I'm gonna ask you guys, what is your favorite Sonic animation? Um, uh, Miles, you go first. Sure.
1: Um, <clears throat> I guess I would have to land on the OVA because, um, you know, I grew up with the the cartoons on TV, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, and the Saturday AM. Um, but I, I didn't really, you know, get into the Sonic animation, or I didn't get into those cartoons like I did when I discovered the OVA. Um, it was just really exciting and, and, and new at the time
0: yes of course the ova uh, recently it had a whole it was kind of well known because there was a fan reanimation of it basically oh dang i didn't even know that um, oh.
1: i saw something about i saw like the the sonic x or the episode the reanimated episode of sonic x but yeah I wasn't familiar
0: with the ova Oh, sorry. You guys didn't know. Yeah, um, I I thought I posted. Um, Sonic OVA was recently um, fan remade, like frame for frame. There's well, they basically obviously it's a lot of it is kind of like amateurish stuff. Uh, I mean that in the nicest possible way because it's just you know uh, because yeah, it is yeah, kind of amateur.
1: That's still really cool that the effort was put into it.
0: Yeah, it had a lot of uh, sorry for a second. It had a lot of cool parts to it as well. I remember. Um, Sorry, just checking my things on my end. Um, Sonic at OVA was actually reanimated by a, a fan project. Apparently, the same people or the same organization that did Shrek reanimated or something. So, uh. um, a, they are some really good bits to that. Unfortunately, one or t- once or twice it gets a little bit lazy. Or, well, you know, it's it, You can't really criticize it. It's a bunch of people doing it for free in their spare time. But there are some genius bits, including one of my faves is um is they tr- do it in the style of adventures of sonic the hedgehog which is great <laughs> that, that's neat that's pretty cool they do it so on model as well and they make they make the print they make the uh princess cat girl the uh the uh breezy basically But uh,
1: <laughs> oh i gotta check this out
0: yeah um and there's other bits that i will not spoil um but yes uh the ova of course was a 55 minute animation originally releases two episodes in japan and then spliced together for an american release and european release where it was named sonic the movie with a tagline scrape some knuckles catch some tails um
1: yeah yeah it's it's actually kind of funny because um i discovered it i was at the mall with my grandma and we went to uh eb games back in the day um and i just kind of saw it sitting there at the bottom of the shelf is sonic the hedgehog the movie and i'm like sonic the movie what in the world and i begged my grandma to get it for me and when i brought it home and put it in i was just kind of you know at that age i was barely getting into anime kind of big and yeah. so when i started it up and i realized oh my gosh this is an this is a sonic anime i just <laughs> i was glued to the screen and i watched it like three times in a row
0: oh <laughs> uh, yeah um for me it was slightly different i basically Basically, it was the first time I ever bought a DVD online. I had no clue of even how you buy stuff online at that time. Uh, but I but I knew that Sonic the movie was existing. I kept going to like Tower Records and HMV and all the places saying, do you have Sonic the movie? And they say, no. <coughs> and so then I knew someone who was an enthusiast. And then a friend of my brother's was a movie enthusiast. And I said, I've got to see it. How do you get rare DVDs? And they said, oh, you just go to the site called blackstar.co.uk. And so I went to the site, and I said, well, I can get it in VHS or DVD. Uh, but of course, I mean, like, I'll get it in VHS, because who in these days has a DVD player? That's like cutting-edge technology <laughs> there. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, that's for, like, super rich people. Like, in, 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 you know. <laughs> So uh, I got the VHS cassette tape, and I don't know. I might still have it. But I liked it because it was the first animation that had both Sonic Tails and Knuckles in the same thing. Yeah, cool. yeah right. Um. But did that w-
2: get a proper European release, or did you get like a North American copy?
0: Um, I don't. Know. If it plays in our tape and machines, then it counts as a European release. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. <laughs> so I, did you get the one with it was? It was like the white tape.
0: I no, I forget. I, I just I just remember getting the VHS. Cause I don't think I actually still have it. Actually, I thought I did, but um, no, I don't know. I just it didn't. Mm. it worked in my cassette tape player I played it, I enjoyed it since then if I <laughs> nice. want to watch it I think I also had a real player file of it downloaded somewhere um, yeah,
1: yep, I remember that when that was being passed around
0: but you know, um, you should know because the voice actor of uh, Sonic OVA the movie is uh, Michael Burke who I believe is Irish himself oh dang Yeah. yeah, that was good ah. so um so that so that's all. Um, so I mean, like it definitely is. It's it's a pretty solid movie. It's got its own unique take. It's got some <sighs> refreshingly after Sat Am and um, and uh, you know Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's the first one where they've actually got like they accurately port over enemies from the games and put them in the animation. Which sounds like a simple thing, but <laughs> every all the animators before that had trouble with that for some reason. Right. <laughs> And <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a good. Uh and so Keith, uh your turn. What's your favorite uh, Sonic animation? Uh my favorite probably, you know, alternates
2: between the Sonic OVA and Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, uh, I suppose it just depends on uh what sort of mood I'm in. Whether yeah. I want a more cool Sonic animation to watch or something goofier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but, mean, yeah, I
0: I absolutely love the ova yeah the ova is yeah the ova is pretty Um, cool so keith did you prefer adventures of
2: sonic the hedgehog to uh sad am uh i i do nowadays i think back when i was younger i preferred the cool serious saturday morning sonic uh and also i used to uh on saturdays i'd have to go to catholic school so i would always like miss it and so it was sort of like this thing I rarely got to see, so it was sort of like uh, pedestalized in my mind because of that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was always this like alluring, mysterious Sonic thing I never got to see, and it seemed really cool and action-packed and serious. Uh, but now that I, I have the the free time to like watch them all, I think I I think I prefer adventures
0: over Saturday. Nice. Yeah, I mean I. Honestly, I still think I really like Sad AM. I, it was definitely... Back then, you were starved for, like, serious storytelling and animation. Like, any right. sort of things to get a continuous plot or anything. It was... There were things here and there. I mean, Flash Gordon animated series. I think even Teddy Ruxpin <clears> is technically serialized. So that almost counts. And when you're talking about uh. Teddy Ruxpin for, like, serious storytelling... um. I think these days there's just been so many better, especially in the age of s- streaming. There's so many good examples of keeping a continuous story going, whereas back then, you know, you could have small little plot threads that were picked up in one episode. Like remember that there was that there was that thing where they brought a bit their babysitter, um, basically a a character that uh, I don't want to go into the plot, but basically they introduced a character who who previously had been very important in their childhood but uh, they thought they'd lost, but then they brought back. And then, like, it was a big deal that they brought her back, but I don't think we ever actually got to see her after that. <laughs> so, uh, so it's that sort of, like, continuity. 90s television programming always have continuity issues. I think, I think weirdly enough, out of all things I'm thinking of, NCIS is one example where they try to, you know, like, if someone broke their arm, they still have, were going to cast the next episode sort of thing. Right. But, but uh, yeah, so it's... I still really liked it cuz it showed that you could tell deeper stories that you could like be more emotional. Um, but mm-hmm, I definitely do Absolutely. App- yeah, which I love. But but I definitely do appreciate slapstick comedy. I don't think I've ever not appreciated slapstick comedy. I once I, I once had a web comic where it was like um, like I was trying to like a joke every comic strip. And they just, like, all my witty wordplay and clever repartees, you know, that everyone just glazed over. But then I had one panel where the main character just falls out of a tree and hurts himself. And that's the one that everyone laughed at. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, obviously he was, like, all sort of like, oh, damn it, damn it. You know, like, and it was like, the the, the punchline was, yeah, you forgot you lived in a tree, didn't you? It was, it was just...
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um so have you guys ever have you guys ever seen any of the the pilot for Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes, I have. Yeah. It's actually surprisingly in in really good. Like it, the animation is top notch.
2: Yeah, the production values in it seem like well like a, a far step ahead of like the actual show. Yeah, and even like for what was kind of for even as
1: far as like pilots go, I feel um there was just so much effort put into it. Right.
0: Yeah, I I basically had a tiny obsession with pilots for a bit. But yes, the uh, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog pilot, that was originally animated by an American studio uh, because, and then they wanted the whole series to be animated that way, but they shipped it abroad because it was cheaper. Um, I believe they added sound to it and put some of the pilot into one of the existing episodes, uh, just kind of like as Scratch and Ground or something that they're watching on TV. Um huh but uh i think the real part of the pilot that everyone recognizes is of course what ended up becoming the outro sequence of every single uh show episode of the show i.e that bit where robotnik tries to squash sonic and he misses and then like and then and then and then the squasher comes up and robotnik can't see sonic so he walks in and then sonic triggers the squasher um that was from the uh, pilot episode. It's it's very common of pilot stuff to make it into an intro sequence or outro for an animation. Right. And uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh,
2: wasn't the Sonic OVA sort of supposed to be like a soft pilot for a Sonic anime
0: in the 90s? Uh, I believe so. That's that's the story I heard. I mean... Oh, shoot. That would have been cool. Uh, yeah, I mean... I remember hearing people say that it was the right mix of humor, and I thought they were making a couple of liberties with the whole Mobius thing, and it was a bit different. But, I mean, like, I would have totally watched it. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a lot of stuff they could have developed on, but it was... It wasn't bad, it was good, and still one of the best stories involving Metal Sonic that's out there. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um... Yeah, it would have been cool. at least. At least they didn't hold that guy in reserve. A lot of this animated stuff is about. Oh, there's a super powerful villain, but you won't see him until, you know, ten episodes after <laughs> it's been cancelled. So it's like.
1: <laughs>
0: uh-huh. But uh, so glad that they started strong at least. So they had those. But I believe yes, two episode pilots apparently were kind of a thing back then in Japan for some reason. Um, in terms of Adventures of Sonic, the... So there's a couple of other pilots. Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, was smoothly animated. For um, SAT-AM, Sonic the Hedgehog, it was heads or, there were actually kind of like two pilots. One, I think, was trying to be like an animated sequence or something. So that may have just been an intro sequence rather than a pilot. Um, but the other one was um, uh, Heads or Tails. That was a full episode pilot. You don't always get those, but that was... Uh, heads or tails was basically um a full uh, it's, it's the reason why the animation looks so different why sally is a different color and why all the bandits look a lot more tunier even though they're slightly more accurate to the game uh all right. that stuff was uh, uh was abandoned for the old for the main series when it got started so you watch a couple of episodes of consistent stuff and you're suddenly hit with this thing where it comes out of nowhere and it's like <clears throat> you know tails is oh. actually yeah yeah it's kind of interesting that they use. Oh God, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And Tails is in it, but he isn't much. But yeah, sorry. Go
1: ahead. Uh, yeah. Well, I was just, just going to say it's kind of interesting uh, that they actually use the pilot as an episode in the series. You don't really see that that often in '90s animation. A lot of times, the pilot is sort of this one-off thing.
0: Yes, so I hear. Um, especially because animation takes so much to make. You know, you want to cut something down rather than making full episode. I believe Futuram is one ex- ex- uh, is one. Ex- ex- exception to that rule but I think that was because Matt Groening off the success of The Simpsons had, was given enough of a budget to make a high quality pilot that, that would actually stand in for a full actual Futurama episode when the thing aired um, obviously Heads or Tails wasn't quite so lucky because it's still very right. early oh and, and I, I liked and I like the Zim pilot as a bit of fun as well uh, even though there's a lot of a, a good pilot always shows things that they need to change Mm -hmm. Um, yeah the zim pilot was really good and finally the sonic x pilot which since we're on the topic um that pilot was basically it showed it taking place in an animal world you know rather than earth as the series ended up taking place in but uh that got repurposed into the intro sequence of sonic x so once again I, i remember people like looking i think it was Someone on the old forums, they looked at the uh, screenshots from the intro and said, hey, see, there are animals in this world. Maybe that means it's going to be, you know, more, you know, you know, anthro characters and everything. But no, it was just from Mm, a pilot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's weird because you can still
2: see the animal characters in the intro, right? Like, I think there's a cafe or something and there's a bunch of animals sitting around and then in the entire series, you know, you don't get to see the animal world. Nope.
0: Disappoint.
1: Yeah, why in the world was Sega obsessed with putting Sonic
0: in the human world? I never really got that. I I dunno. I mean depending <laughs> on how you interpret canon it makes sense on the idea that like Sonic was like on a set of islands in the distance to start with and then made made it to the mainland later on, but mm. Shrugs. I, I was always almost... <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I was a bit annoyed when they popped up in Sonic Adventure, but ugh. what's what's a Sonic fan to do? You know, I've been raised on like all <laughs>
1: <laughs> right.
0: Pretty much. Okay. Um
1: so I just wanted to uh, unless we had something else, um did you have anything else to go off there, SoFox? And uh, nothing
0: specific. I was just
1: maybe mentioning um, if there's were... We're... Yeah, you go ahead. ahead.
0: Uh... Sure,
1: sure. I just wanted to address how, how, um, as a kid, I thought it was, you know, weird or interesting that we had these two separate Sonic cartoons with two totally different tones with essentially the same Sonic in them, you know, same design, same voice actor. It it was kind of like as if, you know, he he was this, like Sonic himself was an actor jumping between two shows (laughs) and we all just kind of accepted it, you know?
0: Yeah, um, I think that's kind of, I mean, like... To me, that will—that is always the prime example of how Sega utterly mismanaged Sonic right from the get-go. <clears throat> but weirdly enough, it's—it's it's amazing. Sonic is surprisingly resilient to mismanagement. Surprisingly, <laughs> that's
1: true. Like, no, I did see this whole video about the reason that was is because the the people in charge of these cartoons, you know, they were trying to um, pitch their ideas to different um, studios. And I guess one studio wanted a goofy slapstick cartoon and the other studio wanted a really serious cartoon. And somehow these people were like, well, why don't we just do both? And the people in charge were like, hmm, okay, sure, let's give it a shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I read something about it. Apparently one cartoon was intended as a network and the other one was intended for syndication. Um, which mm-hmm. is a big thing in America, but I never got my head around it. I think network basically means it's only on this network, whereas syndication means anyone who, who any network that pays enough for it can play it. Um But the idea was that um I think they wanted like one season of Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog to be like um to, to you know, one season for the network and a different and another season for someone else. I think there was another TV series around that time that did that, like had different seasons of the same show have different distribution rights i forget which i forget which cart series it was but they uh, switched it over and uh basically they wouldn't go for that so they ended up having to make the others instead of making a separate season just making it a separate cartoon uh uh-huh. whereas here in ireland it seemed to they packaged the two cartoons together and it was actually fairly you know you'd you'd go down and watch sonic and then you would never know when you went to watch sonic on the tv guide whether it'd be adventures or sat am it was just oh yeah it it was (laughs) just exactly it's like russian roulette exactly (laughs) you couldn't even depend i mean like you could like be watching the same show on the same time slot and then suddenly it would switch over from adventures to sat am with no notice (laughs) that's That's wild yeah and and to confuse that thing uh, well, at some stage they ended up mixing up the e- outros. So you'd be watching an episode of uh, Adventures, uh, sorry, you'd be watching an episode of Sat Am, and you get to the credits, and you'd be wanting to hear the theme again, but it would instead be the Adventures theme uh, outro what credits the that heck? would play. I know. And years, years later, I finally went back and I, I watched it on a rerun, and it still had the exact same problem with it. It's like. <laughs> I want to. I wanted to listen to the original outro theme. It's awesome, but but no. <laughs> it was. I I don't know what sort of management, but it just like I said, it was just Russian roulette. Which one you get? Normally they play them kind of in sequence, so it wasn't that bad. But oh, but but that doesn't beat. I think it was Channel Four here in. in well, it's a British channel, but here in Ireland, basically. They wanted to show an event, an episode of Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, one episode a week, and they did this by breaking it up into something like f- five minute segments and playing each five minutes every every week mo- weekday morning. So I had to sit down Bye. and on Monday watch the start of the episode, Tuesday watch the next bit of the episode, Wednesday watch <laughs> the next bit, and of course if I missed an ep- if if it was an episode I'd seen already, it was okay. But if it, they missed a thing, then I was just watching this episode with holes in it and trying to figure out what was going on as I watched it over the course of a week. That's so so <laughs> odd. Did they do that for other shows? I have no clue. Uh, Adventure is the only one I remember them doing it with. And obviously it was the only one that I'd probably have enough of an interest and patience to do right. something. Uh, serializing was, of course, a thing back then. But even so...
1: <laughs> that is wacky.
0: Yeah. wacky... wacky. There you go.
2: Okay. So so how long were uh, those cartoons on the air for over there?
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, we never seemed to get Sonic underground. So that was weird. So obviously mid-90s to late-90s, probably maybe popping up in the early noughties. It was hard to remember. I was always – I loved it so much I was always a little heartbroken whenever it, whenever it stopped being on the air to the point where one time – like one time we'd go abroad, and I managed to catch it on a on a on a foreign channel with everyone dubbed, and I'd go, "Yes, this is it! I got I can listen to it this way." But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I never really kept measuring it. It just, it just I just, just remember. Happened like, to you? Yeah, exactly. It was just definitely throughout the late nineties, it was probably still there, but <clears throat> vanishingly small, and then it was just a wave of nostalgia and happiness every time I managed to catch it on the airwaves and then eventually of course uh the era of the internet where you could download every episode but I almost didn't want to download it because it didn't feel the same to watch it on my computer you know Sonic Sonic is meant to be watched in, on a couch in front of with a TV in front of you sort of thing I guess <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah and then Sonic X came and then that was all, and that was a whole other thing but yeah.
1: I was pretty excited about Sonic X when that first started to pop up cuz again that was um I was like really into anime at the time and you know an honest to god Sonic anime series was just like whoa okay here we go and yeah. you know despite its shortcomings I was I was pretty excited about it
0: Yeah I mean I was I was pretty excited about it too I mean for a start it was animated and there was the implication that the Japanese were going to do it better than the Americans and something like mm-hmm. that and I mean, I didn't really, I didn't really have a course in that race. I just said, "Hey, someone else is trying it; that's going to be enthusiastic." And um, of course, that was also the year that Sonic Heroes was announced, and it was like, "Whoa, we get a cartoon series and a game where like we can play as the three main heroes, and then, and then and together." And then, of course, uh, time goes on. You discover with Sonic Heroes, mm. there's like four different teams of three heroes each, and with Sonic X, it's got humans in it. So. <laughs> It's like a simultaneous expression of how more is not necessarily better. <laughs> and things kind of went on from there. Well, you know, I, think, uh, I was so hoping for... Like, the early noughties was me just hoping for a resurgence of Sonic, especially after the Dreamcast went down. And that was my hope. I, yeah, that's it. Sonic Heroes was the first multi-platform release of Sonic. Mm-hmm. I forgot yeah. about that. So, so it actually had a lot on the line there. And, and I bungled it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sure. was
1: a, I was, I was really disappointed uh, when Sonic Heroes came out. Um, because, it, you know, being a huge Sonic fan since I was a little kid, that was the first Sonic game that I never beat. I, w- I just became so frustrated
2: with it that I gave it up and I still haven't beat it. I Yeah, I, same here. That's like the first one I, I wasn't able to play through. Yeah.
0: Guys, uh, that that's that's the exact same for me. I mean, years later, I even tried to resume it and I just couldn't. I mean, it's just I don't know what it is. It's just the levels or something. I'm just, I just. It's don't... fun enough, but
1: it, I feel like the controls were just way too slippery or unrefined.
0: I don't know. Yeah, it was it was the first major Sonic game that I didn't finish playing, and I and I refused to buy another sonic game unless i knew it was what it was good and of course the next major one was sonic 06 so i didn't buy that one or shadow the hedgehog i didn't buy that one and i'm kind yeah, of yeah yeah and now i feel kind of left out because now everyone's talking about sonic 06 and shadow the hedgehog and i'm thinking maybe i should just play them just to know what everyone is talking about <laughs> yeah you
1: know, I actually went back because I know I didn't. I was the same as you, so Fox. I didn't uh, buy Sonic 06 or Shadow of the Hedgehog when they first came out. Um, still haven't played Sonic 06, and I, I don't think I ever will. I don't know, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I did. I did go back and and try out Shadow of the Hedgehog, and it's it's not the worst game ever made. It's it's <laughs> fun, you know. <laughs>
2: it's a glowing review. <clears throat>
1: i know right (laughs) no but it's 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 certainly an interesting concept and one you wouldn't really at all expect in the sonic universe but it's it's fun it's you know and i have to say that it didn't bore me and that's what you can expect from a video game
0: right yeah i think i mean i actually saw blaze's review video review of it a while back um you know blaze hedgehog who we know um he says that at first playthrough was fun, but when he tried to hundred percent it, it gave him one of the worst experiences imaginable. Oh boy! But that's if you like try to get all the narrative paths and try to get make it all yeah. work together.
1: See, I didn't even know about the split paths when I when I started it up, and I thought that was kind of one of the most interesting aspects.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is. It's tempting, but I'm really bad at like replaying games just for alternative paths. Even in games like Deus Ex or or Dishonored, or games where with it actually or pray or games that like live by having split narrative paths, I I, I rarely play a game more than once. Mm. Cool at me. Um, but yeah. Um, just to to get us uh, back on the uh to get to get us on some some of the other uh, topics. Um. We were uh, just to get us back on the animation topic, um, Keith. And um, one of the reasons I brought up uh, animation on this is because you yourself uh, do work as an animator. I do. So I was just gonna wonder, uh, wonder if you could like talk us through because I mean, obviously, there's a lot of, uh, especially in the Sonic fandom, a lot of people who really wanted to become animators or or actually, you know, create stuff that gets animated and such uh of course you started very early back in the old, good old moogle cavern days uh you were releasing uh, animated shorts on new grounds uh yeah yeah uh like way back in the
2: day when i was like a, a teenager i was just like obsessed with the idea of like making my own animations and so uh i downloaded flash uh, and just started making animations for the internet and I kept at that. And, like, as a result of that, I wound up getting, like, professional work in animation. So, it all all worked out like that. Cool. That's really, uh, I that's remember, really amazing. I remember uh, watching, what was it, that cartoon Mucha Lucha back in the day. And that was the first time I saw, like, Flash animation on television. And I was, like, super, like, motivated and excited by that because... Like I realized, like oh, if I get really good at this this software, I can download. Uh, I can I can make a TV cartoon like that, and so I, I just just kept at it.
0: Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And you're right. I remember I remember for a while, Newgrounds was meant to be its own thing, and like you know, TV animation was a whole different medium. But then it actually didn't took surprisingly little time before. Uh, TV, you know, before flash animation got onto TV in in various different forms, or even this just yeah. the style of it, um, you know, I one of your uh, actually you, you've worked on a, you've do you want to talk about like what you've uh, worked on professionally? You've uh, worked on like uh, for some reason one thing I always think of you is the uh, you worked on the Ugly Americans and and uh, going yeah and that to, was the yeah. the first like TV show I ever worked on.
2: No uh, way! I didn't know that. I was a huge fan of that show when it was oh, on. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was I was an intern at Augenblick Studios, which is where I'm currently working, uh, and that was the first thing I ever, ever, did work on was uh, oh. as an intern for that show.
0: For ugly, way cool, cool. Yeah, Ugly Americans, and um, <clears throat> and then you worked on Golem the Insatiable as well, which you I remember you posting clips about that. Yeah, yeah and uh and at the moment you're working on i think it's uh, what yeah why don't you just tell us what you're working on right now i'm just i'm kind of just <laughs> I, looking I mean, through the your stuff eyes. I'm, yeah the stuff i'm working on right now
2: uh you know i, I signed a lot of NDAs, so i'm not allowed to talk about anything but like more recent stuff i've worked on was uh the uh the cartoon the jellies for adult swim which was created by tyler the creator and I also worked on this documentary series for Netflix called Losers, which is about various infamous losers in sports uh, that often has like little animated segments in it.
0: Okay, yeah. that, that, that's actually really interesting because I mean, I assume it's an American project and it's 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 kind of interesting because I think uh, I'm just quite looking it up right now in a winner is everything society. How do we handle failure? this series profiles athletes who have turned the agony of de- defeat into human triumph. But what about the athletes who turn defeat into more defeat? Anyway. <laughs> 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 but seriously, um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting topic, all right, um, and cool. I mean, I I haven't watched those shows, but I I do know if I, how it you know a lot of times when people are watching TV and an animated segment <clears throat> pops up, they think it just happens, but. I always know that there's a lot of people working behind the scenes to make it happen. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember the TV show The Good Wife. Actually, out of all things, they would regularly have little animated sequences uh, for for one reason or another, like like they do a they do a fake uh, educational video for a fictional company in it at one stage, and and like a a parody of the jib jab stuff in another. It's all it's all fun stuff. Hmm. But. Uh, but that's not my that's not the real question I want to ask. The real question Keith is um Z the animated series when? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think anytime soon. Oh. <laughs> I, I, lo- I loved I loved Z. Uh, it was um in case for, for those for those not familiar Z was it was basically both a web comic and occasionally animated series. Uh, but basically involved there and his sister, and who were orphans because their parents died in the tragic uh, uh, pong accident, arcade accident of some description. <laughs> I like that you actually came back to that joke, and uh, it was it was just random. I just I just loved the sense of humor you had in that. Oh, thank you. I, I should return to that someday. Yeah. Well. I just, I just, I always liked it. They kind of worked as, an, kind of like an everyman who was, <laughs> like a, a bit stupid, but like in a lovable way. it's just yeah. lived in a world that honestly didn't make sense, <clears throat> so he'd probably go crazy if he thought about it too much. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember one mm-hmm. of the, mm-hmm. yeah, keep going. um, and uh, Miles? Okay. Oh no,
1: sorry, I was just a uh, Go ahead. Yeah,
0: but um, but yeah, it was. I just loved. I loved. I loved a lot. I just loved the random humor. I loved. I loved that you had a joke that you ended up not being able to put in, where the, where there was a competition and the grand prize was a year's supply of calendars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking great. Yeah, I think there's something else. And um, I loved that literally you made a comic about a magical garden, um, that teachers and like. <laughs> <laughs> and then you forgot you made it, and then someone referenced it, and someone referenced it, and then you ended up recounting the original anecdote that led you to making that cartoon. <laughs> and then suddenly everyone was like, yeah, we know, you saw the, we saw the comic you made about it, that's what we were referencing. <laughs> but, you know, basically about a teacher who wanted you to draw a magical garden, and you wanted to draw something different, and it was all that. But, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, like, and of course, Super Bendy Straw. Oh yeah, yeah. Moogle cavern, classic character. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I I made timeless. Exactly. I I literally made. I remember. I made three D. I did me three D fan art, fan art of Super Bendy Straw. It was it was really just a cylinder covered pink with a couple of ruffles at one end and a very very basic animation bone structure since it only had one joint. But I got it. I got it moving. <laughs> I. I I think super bendy straw could be like the uh could be uh could be the character of the next major indie game just by being a straw that you know jumps across the landscape i that sounds good to me <laughs>
2: i'd like to see that
0: yeah and uh of course you also had cowboy another one of your characters was cowboy k as well which you like yeah
2: i made a lot of those because they were just easy to turn
0: out mm. Um, so, uh, I mean, so what it, oh, if I may, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. So Fox, no, go, go
1: for it. I just wanted to posit a question to Keith here. Cause if I, if I may ask, and if you're okay to talk about it, um, you know, I, I, kind of, I, I was also, um, I wanted to get into animation when I was younger and, and, uh, in recent years, I've kind of dabbled and, and made some goofy little cartoons for friends and stuff like that. So I got to ask, um, how you, who you got, you got your big break in, in the industry.
2: Hmm. Oh, uh, well, I one, I was fortunate enough that uh, I live in New York and I grew up in New York. And so, like, there seems to be, like, two major hubs for, you know, the entertainment industry, which are, you know, New York and L.A. So when I was in college, I just, like, shot an email to Augenblick Studios asking if they were, like, looking for interns, and they were. And I was lucky enough to get an interview, and then I was lucky enough to be brought on from the interview to be an intern. And then from there, I was lucky lucky enough to be offered a job as a result of that. Wow. And so you know, just from project to project, I would be asked to come on in various roles.
1: That's okay. cool. So yeah. like when you originally interviewed, um you know, did you show off like your your Newgrounds cartoons? Is that kind of your portfolio? uh yeah
2: i did i did i i remember going into the studio and like uh you know in in a fit of embarrassment like showing off my new cartoon (laughs) Uh, i think that gave me a leg up just because like i'd clearly used flash for so many years yeah before uh the interview like a lot of people like especially like 10 years ago weren't as uh weren't as uh, accustomed to like working in flash or with computers and stuff mm-hmm.
1: that's great that's that's really cool um yeah. i just gotta say congrats because oh, you know like you. I, like yeah, yeah like i said i kind of um you know in high school i, I got my own tablet and and you know kind of uh, dabbled and then i was just like this is really really hard and i didn't <laughs> i didn't get back into it for a long time
2: Uh, yeah, it's 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 it just takes a lot of like, you know, practice and working at it. Cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely. And I gotta say, like, um it's it's like one of those things where you put in hours and hours of work and you, okay, let's take a look and you hit play and watch two seconds and you go, Wow. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs>
2: it's a very very tedious and labor intensive medium for sure.
1: Absolutely. But it is very rewarding, so it's really cool that you got to um kind of make that into um something you do for a living and i hope you you know still enjoy doing it after doing it for a living
2: uh yeah yeah do you think you'll ever uh ever ever go back to it yourself? um
1: i i i every once in a while like you know i don't know if you're familiar but so fox and i have been working on a video game together and um right. <clears throat> you know i do all the anime like the sprite animation for that um and I used to uh, run a video game streaming uh, channel with um, uh, some friends and and I would do little cartoons uh, where I would take some of the lines that we had done during our streaming sessions that kind of played out as like a funny skit or a story and I, and I animated a couple of those and... Um, I love it. It's just, you know, I, I do a lot of art myself and I got to say animation is probably one of the most rewarding, uh, forms of art. Just when you get to sit back and watch your creation literally come to life, it's, it's really cool.
2: Right. Yeah, totally. So Fox, have you ever dabbled in animation?
0: Um, yes, actually I have. Um, obviously I think one stage I got overwhelmed just because it was so <clears> much work And at other times I was stuck because I had absolutely no idea what to draw slash animate. It's like, you know, I wanted it to be original, but creating something original out of whole cloth is kind of hard. So then I wanted to copy something, but I wasn't sure what to copy and analysis paralysis, I guess. Um, Uh But uh, yeah, um, I've, I've done. Oh, actually I better show my claim to fame, I guess. And you know, A prequel, uh, making a cat cry at the adventure, you know, a.k.a. a cat in Oblivion um, webcomic? Not familiar. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Okay. You know the Homestruck slash Problem Sleuth format?
2: I'm vaguely familiar with it.
0: All right. Let's just go to the really basic parts. Um Prequel is about a cat in Oblivion, um, a Khajiit, I suppose, not an actual cat. Well, I suppose, I I don't know if Khajiit counts as an actual cat, but anyway. Um, It's got a nice art style, and they had an animated GIF contest. So, um, I wanted to try this out. So, one thing I wanted to do is try it OpenTunes. Now, OpenTunes is, um, it was actually used by Studio Ghibli, but has been open sourced. So that's actually, you know, very high pedigree to the, there's this animation tool. Um, I tried it, found the interface terrible, upgraded to the latest version and realized, oh, actually, they the community have really improved this since release. So that was good. Um, I realized I didn't really have anything. I, I didn't want to be too adventurous for my first shot. So I just created a really simple uh, rock, paper, scissors kind of sketch sort of thing. Uh, using Basically, they prov- the thing is they provide the assets to you. You know, you don't create the assets, which was a huge thing off my mind because I could just focus on the animation. And I put the assets together and like the head and the arms and, you know, it was looking through the asset sheet that I got the idea. And then I had a nice little skit and um, then I wanted to be more adventurous. So I created something in Blender trying to add 3D effects into these limited assets, which was its own thing, and then try to compress it. And it turned out the one I put all this super expansive technology in didn't, didn't get a mention. And the one I kind of like threw it together more as an experiment and just to try to get good pacing. That ended up getting second place in terms of best storytelling. So,
1: <laughs> oh wow,
0: yeah. So if you look up a prequel, um, making cat cry the adventure animated GIF contest, you will see me getting second place on that. Uh, nice. Which, I'll be yeah. sure to check that out. Thanks. Uh, so is that like I said, I. I, you see animation is just such a great form of storytelling. I mean, I'm just I've just been actually I just watched the first episode of BNA, a uh, brand new animal. I think it'll be on Netflix soon, so just saying. Um but uh it was just the animation on it just blew me away. I mean, it was it's not about being it's it's for me animation isn't about being necessarily being technically good, although that's a huge part of it. Or even it's about expressing something. It's about Showing us the emotions that sometimes people feel, but just ramping it up and just yeah. making it work and drawing us into new worlds. So, it's
1: absolutely, t- um, yeah. I, when I when I you know in recent years, I when I decided I wanted to get serious about trying my hand at animation again, um, I bought this book called The Animator's Survival Kit um, oh, yeah. by Richard Williams. Yeah, I'm sure Keith, you're probably familiar with it. Oh yeah, um, that's like the
2: go to for like,
1: oh yeah learning animation absolutely and his big thing was like you know why do we animate you know when you could just film something and the reason we animate is to like you said so Fox take, take a story and expand it and exaggerate it and do something you can't do with film and I think I find that the most fascinating aspect of animation
0: oh yeah I mean, I would I would go either for, further. I know it's been I know it's been over twenty years, and the battle has probably been lost. But the and it's not like I'm completely wrong. But CGI like three D models, it's not that I'm saying you can't do good things with it. It's not that I don't have m- movies that I really like that were made in CGI. Although strangely, it's Mega Mind rather than anything you'd think from Pixar or Disney. It's just, with CGI, you create a reality and then just film it from different angles. And you can do a lot with it, especially if it's expressive. But for me, when it's drawn animation, when you've got control of every single little frame, that's, for me, that just ramps it up so much. So it's it's what I love about it. It's knowing that there are no rules, except that's what you try to keep inter- mm. keep internally consistent on, which which is actually kind of important, but that's another day's work. Um but I just love being able to draw every single frame in just the perfect way needed to give the exact message needed at that exact time. It's, it's sorry, it just it's just one of...
1: No, I, I completely agree with you there. I think you put it really succinctly about, you know, CGI versus traditional animation. It really is just like setting up a world and filming it as opposed to, like you said, drawing out every single detail.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I mean, you can't, I mean, I I don't want to, I don't want to diss it. I do know that CGI is still totally animation, but it's just in terms of, I don't know. I mean, a good example is you can look up the uh, concept sketches for Tangled and it just, you know, the the best you can say is that the CGI was a really good rendition of the uh, concept sketches, but Right. But there's just something about those sketches that just has more life. Quite simply, it it's not mm-hmm. that the, it's not that the CGI did a bad job of reproducing it, but it still feels like it's a reproducing it rather than going right to the heart, which is what sometimes a good drawing or a good bit of art can do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. That it... It makes you wonder what what you know, like something like Tangled you know for instance would look like as a traditional 2d disney cartoon
0: yeah I Which
1: makes me feel like we're missing out
0: i i do believe there's not cart- an animated cartoon series that uh, is based on tangled to be honest and i believe that actually is hand drawn but here's a crazy thing um they've got a lot of cool tech and in one section they basically have a character in the center and the camera like uh i'm not sure pan is the right term um uh, tracks around them orbits it orbits around them and everyone just thought that that was like cgi but apparently it was some incredibly cool blend of just their know-how and knowledge but that it was still mm. a drawn animation so i mean good animation is still there if you know where it's i think claws is a good example i mean both claws and that are an example of like hand-drawn animation trying to look a little like cgi which is a which is a really interesting uh trend yeah. to be honest but uh but yes, it's uh it's it's its own thing. Uh yeah. I mean I there's animation is just a very powerful medium. Well said. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Keith, is there anything else you wanted to talk about or, I mean, like, what sort of roles did you, one thing I meant to ask earlier is what sort of roles you actually did when in your, as, as an animator. I know you did a, a tweener because one time you took two <laughs> images of Sonic and tween, and did a tween between them, which was really cool. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, that's sort of like what I largely did as an intern was like, uh, you know, help in between key poses for animation. In addition to like cleaning up rough background sketches and things like that. Uh, But throughout the years, I've like, you know, dipped my hand into, you know, a variety of things in the process of animation from like helping draw backgrounds and like doing After Effects comp stuff uh, to like directing things and uh, doing lead animation and stuff like that. So I've, I've, sort of bounced
0: around to a whole variety of of tasks okay no that's no that's pretty awesome and i mean you're, you're really working your way up um i mean i assume lead animator means drawing the main key keyframes um and background cleanup is cleanup and and tweening of course is drawing you know initial poses between different keyframes but actually what does a director do in a general sense i mean because i am i see animation director and obviously it's not like a movie where he's like on set with the action what does an animator right. animation director do uh obviously like it, it depends on the project and like you know
2: different projects of different scale like require different things uh but uh it's sort of just uh, overseeing all the animation and like giving the individual animators direction and stuff. Uh, and for one particular project, I wound up also like directing the voice actors as well. Uh, so, you know, I would like, uh, go to a recording studio or do it over the phone and like talk over the lines and like the manner in which lines should be read and stuff. OK, uh, but in, for a lot of projects, like I'm also like doing animation alongside the people I'm animation directing. Uh, so it winds up sort of being sort of like being an animator, but with a lot more sending people emails and figuring out spreadsheets of how
0: the project is coming along and things like that. OK, so it's it's a bit of a managerial role, which I'm, but I'm kind of like the buck stops with you, basically. <laughs> uh sort of okay well i think that's 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 incredibly important because with any group of people on a project there's does you know getting the right direction making sure everyone's singing from the same hymn sheets that's 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 vital for any project
2: yeah it's always good to have like one person who like determines like the final say on things and like how things should turn out and whatnot cool and you know try to keep everything consistent when you're like working with a bunch of people you know obviously there's there's going to be like a lot of variance in terms of everything but it's good to like uh you know corral everything into one cohesive thing okay
0: you know okay and do you you like doing it? do you you, are you good at matt are you good at doing it uh i i I enjoy doing it uh i I don't know. I'd, I'd be biased if I said that I'm good at doing I'm sh- it. <laughs> I, I'm sure you are. <laughs> if, if, if you were bad at it, you wouldn't be saying you'd be bad at it, but you'd be saying all the people under you are bad. <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad it works out well, and uh, congrats, congrats and congrats on, oh, on your I... career and everything. I wish you the very best with it, and hope you get on all the, all the further projects. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I, I think we'll move on from animation. That's um, and uh, we'll talk about what uh, games everyone is playing at the moment. Since uh, you know, from one really fun, enjoyable uh, entertainment topic to another. <laughs> so, um, I think I think I might actually I might start. Um, I've been playing. I do a weekly stream with a friend, and we've been playing one game called Rune, which is kind of like a Viking hack-and-slash game. Unfortunately, it doesn't start off... It starts off basically in what, in technical terms, is meant to be hell, but I called it an extended sewer level. Uh, So it... (laughs) But... (laughs) which which really annoyed me because i thought you know where are the viking but finally when i reached the point where they put vikings in the viking game uh, it got a lot better which is just as well because the person i was streaming with actually really wanted me to play it and appreciated it so i managed to avoid rage quitting and just stuck with enough for it to pay off so that was good um uh and another game i was playing was lone echo which was actually a vr game and it's got this whole movement mechanic where you're meant to like grab onto ledges and handles and use them to propel yourself forward. Since the whole game is in zero gravity, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Oh, that does sound really cool. Especially in VR. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad and lucky. I got one of those headsets. It's especially since half life Alex was recently released and that was, you know, a game that was definitely worth (laughs) anticipating. Um, Yeah.
1: Have you, have you played that yet?
0: Yeah, I played it to completion. It's a, it's a good game i like it there's a lot of cool stuff with the physics um it's it's going to make a bunch of people more hungry to provide more vr stuff i liked it, it's kind of funny because i was playing black mesa i.e the fan remake of the original half-life at the same time so it was it was weird suddenly going from one environment where i'm dealing with a bunch of barnacles to another environment where i'm dealing with a bunch of barnacles it's, <laughs> the, it's kind of weird um but uh, it, it's cool. There were a lot of nice little things you could do in Half-Life Alex like, you know, if there were sh- it like if there were shooting at a window, like I was in the subway car and there were shooting and there was a zombie outside. So I went up to the door with a small window and I like shot at the zombie between it, but then the shattered glass got in the way, so I reached up my gun and tried to like clear the ed- the the the, the uh, window with from glass at the edge. And I suddenly realized I was doing exactly what they do in all those cowboy movies where they like shoot through <laughs> the window, and, <laughs> where they break the window and then swat clean at the edge. And I was going, "Whoa, this is really, really cool." Um, That's amazing. Yeah, uh, no, it's it's got a lot of nice little. There are a lot of nice little moments like that. Like you, like there's a ca- there's that hard hat helmet. And for a joke, I try to put it on my head, and then something I find out, no, I'm actually wearing it. And then I Whoa. walk... And then I. Uh, I walk forward and accidentally walk under a barnacle, but it grabs my helmet instead of my head, so I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was good. That's
2: great. Yeah. Wow,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, no, it is It is cool. There's a lot of, like, emergent gameplay. And actually, one thing I've got to say about Half-Life Alex that it does, it does not handhold you with the puzzles. There's, like, one moment in the game where you hear a voice over the comm explaining the puzzle before you've had a time to uh, absorb it. But for the rest of it, it's just you're thrown into the scenario and you're... There's that moment that it gives you those gracious moments where you're stumbling around trying to figure out what to do next, and that is so good because Lone Echo does not have that. They basically tell you everything you're meant to do before you do it, and most of the time. Mm. Um, but I, I just like good game design where they let you play the game rather than just right. <laughs> rather than just tell you what to do, rather than just have you basically do a job where you do what you're instructed without any initiative. Because if because what happens if you don't know where to? Yeah, it's just there's an obsession with some game developers about making sure their players finish the game, so they just constantly tell you everything you need to do to make it as easy as possible. And
2: I don't, I do not yeah, like a... that.
0: Trick. <clears throat> it's always nice when a, a game lets you, you
2: know, stumble and figure things out on your own, because you feel so smart when you when you
0: accomplish yeah. things. Yeah, definitely. figure out puzzles. Definitely
2: oh I, I like it a lot um which back. which headset do you have which
0: vr headset uh oculus Rift <coughs> s um, oh, okay so it's wired to the computer but i don't need to set up any things all around the room or anything like that oh that's nice and and are you playing it like sitting down or standing up uh standing up and occasionally smashing my fist into a wall when i'm trying to throw whenever i try to throw <laughs> a grenade or something <laughs> nice <laughs> seriously Seriously, grenades are the worst. I've started to learn you've got to do a practice throw before eh, before you actually throw it for real in the game because yeah, it throw because otherwise you smash your fist into something. Um, there is this whole guardian system which technically works, but and you can adjust the sensitivity off. But I don't know; it's sometimes it's a pain. It's it's just hard. Some people some people suggested you ha- you should put out a mat so that when you when your feet go off the mat, you have a sense, but it's it's just tricky it's it's just one of the things unless unless you've got a really wide space uh, set aside for VR, it it just comes with the territory unfortunately um right there are some exceptions um there is one called i expect you to die which basically the conceit is that all the levels are just you sitting down so you might need to look around oh. you uh but you'll generally be sitting down and interacting with things that are immediately in front of you so you won't need to worry about that
1: okay that's cool um well i've only ever tried vr a couple of times At like um i think i went to a dave and busters where they had one set up and i really had a hard time getting over the fact that the stuff i was seeing wasn't going to touch me there there's like (laughs) that instinct you know (laughs) do you do you have a hard time
0: dealing with that Sofox? well i thought that's the whole point of the game to feel like the things in the game are going to touch you
1: (laughs) oh yeah but like so uh, for instance i was playing this zombie game and and they were they came up and tried to whack me and i was like physically recoiling and, and everybody
0: was laughing at me and stuff you know and yeah. it just it really freaked me out well i mean that's kind of meant to be you're meant you're meant to get freaked out there's zombies attacking you it's it's all about realism <laughs> i suppose so huh <laughs> yeah it's, it's like think marty mcfly in back to the future too with the uh with the jaws thing you know with the jaws yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it honestly it seems working as intended and you probably would have yeah it seems working as intended honestly nice
1: no i definitely want to try it out um I, i've always wanted to get a vr kit so maybe one of these days
0: yeah um don't, don't 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 be afraid to try it out a bit more before you buy um i kind of what cemented me is i went to one or two conventions and they were basically people bringing their own vr kit in them to let them try it out and i got from more familiar and got to play it more there and it was important that i tried it out a because it's expensive b because i've got glasses and it was from those experiences like playing a bit of beat saber and a, and a, a duck hunt horror game basically it's it's, it's called hunting season but it's a uh, it's Basically, a horror game that takes place in the early '90s, where you're a kid playing Duck Hunt. In the, uh, it's it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Uh, but yeah, you you end up inside the TV, and if you look behind you, you can see your character self playing the TV, and you shoot the, the, the the ducks with an actual shotgun, and it's and then the the dog who's in a guy in a mascot. I think he becomes the guy who tries to attack you. Or, I didn't play enough to get to the horror <laughs> sections. But yeah, that sounds um, pretty hurt. Sounds pretty what? Horrific. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the dog from Duck Hunt becoming a horror villain. It, I, I can see it. Um, so what about yourself, Keith? Any games you've played? Uh,
2: well, recently uh, I wound up uh, setting up, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Mister. Nice. Uh, it's sort of like a Raspberry Pi sort of thing except it's, like, I don't know all the, like, technical details and stuff, but it's FPGA-based, so it's, like, a little emulation box, but it plays the emulators, like, super accurately.
0: I think I've heard...
2: What's it emulating, though? Uh, Like, uh, things from, like, the NES to, like, the Genesis to the Super Nintendo.
0: Okay. Like, nothing,
2: like, more advanced than that
0: i've i've heard of an emmy i've heard i think there's like a 200 dollar um say sega mega drive you know genesis emulation device that can use original cartridges but i thought that was just built in i your one seems to like use i mean does it does it uh it's sort of like that i think you're thinking of like the the like
2: uh i forget what it's called but uh yeah they sell those like individual like uh fpga based uh genesis and super nintendos what's sorry what's i think it's called like what's it called exactly uh, a mister did you say uh the thing i have is a mister yeah uh i think you're thinking of like i think it's the super nintendo
0: nt mini or something possibly i'm, I'm losing track of all these emulation consoles there's even a handheld <laughs> one recently that's that's going to have tanglewood on it actually which is you know that game that that guy has been developing on the Mega Drive recently yeah there's right right there's something called the evercade it's a handheld gaming device that actually uses actual cartridges that they make for it uh release release third quarter 2020 but one of the cartridges has xeno crisis and tanglewood and the fun part about tanglewood is it was it's literally homebrew so it's a homebrew mega drive game getting a physical cartridge release which no matter how you look at it is pretty awesome
2: yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool. cool
0: Yeah. So, Keith, is this something
1: that you've like uh, built or put together?
2: Yeah. Uh, sort of. Uh, so basically, uh, I-, I found the thing I was looking for. It's called like the someone. This company called Analog put out the NT Mini, yes.
0: which was
2: like a little NES, yes, uh, FPGA-based thing that you could put like the actual cartridges into. Oh. And then that same company made like a Genesis one and a Super Nintendo one
0: or yes. Mega Drive one.
2: That's the one uh, I was thinking so, of. Uh, the Mister is this like uh, thing where it's an open source version of that, where people can make their own cores for different systems, and it's all on like one little chip thing. Again, I'm not like I'm not super knowledgeable of like technically yeah. how it works, but it spells. Uh, I'm buying like a de10 nano board, and basically uh, putting oh. a fan on that. And like putting an SD card into that and setting it up.
0: Oh, yeah, I've got it. That's it's cool. Yeah, no, I'm seeing it now. Um, A MISTER, it's spelled capital M, lowercase i, capital S, capital T, lowercase e, lowercase or, is an open yeah. source hardware re implementation project designed. It reimplements various console, arcade, and computer hardware on the test and development board. So basically, you set up a Raspberry Pi and you stick the uh, mister on top of it basically if I'm uh, I don't think it has anything to do with the Raspberry Pi. Oh. Uh, oh, so it's just one single device, although it it doesn't have any case on it. It's just open up and it does that have an Yeah, and it seems to have a VGA port if I'm looking at it right. I
2: think you can like uh buy an additional board or something to put on it so you can
0: uh, uh output it to VGA. So, basically, it's a Raspberry Pi uh, designed with emulation in mind, basically. Ah, basically, yeah. Okay, and, okay, we've been, uh, and yes, yes, they're comparing it to the MEG SD. So, I suppose the other question is, um, this sounds really awesome, and if it can provide, like, super fast, powerful thing, and and HDMI output, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what have you been playing on it?
2: Uh I've been uh, because I recently set it up I've been doing that thing where I just sort of like bounce from game to game just like trying it out.
1: Mm, yeah. Uh, okay. like
2: most recently I just like played a bit of Donkey Kong Country 3 on it. Uh just to just to try
0: everything out. Cool. Um have you yeah. have you checked whether the water effects on Sonic 3 and Knuckles work? Uh, <laughs> uh no, I have
2: not, but I think there's like uh a whole bunch of options for like the filters and whatnot to make sure it like can accurately you know pull off those sort of effects okay
0: oh actually mm-hmm. if you really want to test this play bad apple bad apple what what system is that for you don't know bad apple it's it's not as I it's, don't know Bad Apple. it's mega drive <laughs> but uh um, genesis uh but um it's basically a tech demo it's a whole music video and i think it has really fluid animation because it's black and black and white binary oh uh, i I think i've seen like gifs of this floating around yeah i've gotta gotta give that a try yeah definitely it's good um when uh when ars technica was was uh was reviewing the analog mega sg one thing that warmed my heart was that the guy knew all the little tricks and all the really hard stuff to throw at the uh, mega drive just to see whether it would play it and it and it did so i was just really impressed that the guy really knew how to test here I'll, here I'll just look at I'll just look it up quickly just to, gee, uh r cuz I remember like playing Sonic and Knuckles and there was even some stuff like um what was it again like the like in Sonic 3 where the uh, flying battery uh tries for in some emulation it would just either scroll up or scroll down but just it wouldn't be in the right position when it was dropping bombs on you at the end of uh at the end of Angel, Angel Island Zone so uh yeah let's see what sorry I'm getting ooh it doesn't Yeah, know uh. <coughs> oh that's interesting analog oh sorry the this is the this is the analog mega SD on the flip side analog takes a very quirky route to ensuring low latency play on HDTVs. a very very slight up clock meaning every Genesis plane on the mega sg runs less than a millisecond faster than the original hardware. <laughs> That's They're basically, of course, it's to avoid lag that you get in other things. Uh hang on a second. Where 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 is where is the where's the part of this article that it like threw the really hang on a second? Uh I can't find it. Oh wait, hang on, here we are. Uh play you played Gunstar Heroes, and there we are. Bad apple. Uh Oh, yeah, he played by uh yeah yeah, yeah, okay, so it's just bad apples. okay, um, so um, you've been playing a bunch and and it seems to work so well the uh, this and uh, Mr anyway. Yeah, yeah, like
2: the advantage it has over like a Raspberry Pi or like playing an emulator on a computer is apparently uh, for whatever reason uh, it's it's cycle accurate to the hardware or it can be cycle accurate to the yes. difference. Uh, pieces of hardware, it's and just... I'm not smart enough to know what that means.
0: But apparently, it's like super duper accurate emulation. Yeah. No, that, that is pretty awesome. Uh, actually, um, the other week, I actually developed a a a Mega Drive game. To be honest, um, I, it was... I remember I played it. Yes, yes, of uh... course. Yeah, you, you gave feedback and everything. Uh, well, I was just letting the uh, everyone on the stream know. But uh, yeah, so I could if I got one of the misters, I could play it and get it again. For some reason, uh, my TV, my widescreen Samsung TV, just is not good at taking analog signals and converting it. So having something that could output uh, HDMI is pretty cool by itself. Right. Um, okay, so we're wrapping things up. Um, uh, Miles, there was a game you were playing that you wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know how. I mean, you guys are probably very familiar with it, but I've been playing Sonic Robo Blast Two as of late. Well um, Did you? Yeah. I mean, did you? Were you guys uh, ever into that back when it was uh, first
0: kind of around? And uh, not really. Um, honestly, I haven't really played it much, like at all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I so, thought. So no, if you. are mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I I think no. You you go on the house. You're you're the one who played it. Sure, sure.
1: So basically, essentially, it started out as a mod of the Doom engine. Um, uh, it's made by this group called Sonic Team J- Junior. Um, and the crazy thing is it's been in development for so long, I can remember playing it um, back when I was like 11 or 12. Um, you know, this was probably back in like two- 2001, maybe. And, you know, it was, it was fun. It was dinky. You know, I had fun and then I, you know, forgot about it. And very recently they came out with, you know an official uh version 2 they've they've still been working on it and they've just beefed it up so much and um i decided to, to try it out again and it's just it's this amazing sonic fan game and, and so the the graphics are, are it's like 2d sonic sprites with in in like a 3d environment um but i got a mod to replace the 2d sprites with th- like saturn era 3d <laughs> models well, yeah oh my goodness and it, it, it really it plays and looks like the saturn sonic game we never got it's it's incredible i, I highly recommend you guys at least look into it because it's just so much fun um i think it, it really stands out among sonic fan games um
0: and the level design really holds up okay cool i'm glad i'm glad to hear about the level design Uh even official games can sometimes drop the ball there <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah definitely no this these guys uh they definitely know what they're doing
2: how long has it been in development for? It's something like 20 years, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Like, I think the first version came out in, like, 1998
2: or 1999. <laughs> That's wild that this 3D Sonic fan game just predates yeah.
0: Sonic Adventure almost. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They are people who would be able to drink in both our countries that uh, weren't born when the development started. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's so insane, and it's even crazier
1: because it's like the you know Sonic Robo One. You know, this is number two, obviously. So SRB One uh, was the first Sonic fan game that I ever discovered back when I first got internet in the house. So. It, it, it's just it's got such a legacy and i'm um, really surprised that it's still going and at the quality that, it, that it's at um, i'm really talking it up right now but i've just been my wife's been making fun of me because you know i've just been playing it non-stop and she's like she's like what are you doing this isn't even a real sonic game like, i'm like no you don't understand <laughs> yeah it, it's it is yeah it is a real sonic game i mean <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah. Um, but like I said, if you're interested, it's free to download. Um, check it out, and, and the, the the 3D model mod—it's it's Jim Jack Jim's 3D models. It's um, it's it, it, like I said; it just makes it feel like this the Saturn era Sonic game, um, and it's a freaking blast.
0: Okay, no wait, Sonic Blast is a different game. Oh <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> but yeah, okay cool um well it's been a while since i've given it. i know that i think i saw on one forum that some that someone was felt that they changed the controls and now it oh actually that's a good question how are you controlling sonic in the game
1: uh i'm like as opposed like are you saying like am i might use a gamepad or keyboard yes i mean i uh, I, I use i use a gamepad okay
0: so it supports game but pads.
1: You- it does support gamepad, but you can play it kind of like a first-person shooter where you use WASD and the mouse controls the camera. And I know a lot of people prefer to play it that way, um, but I've never been much of a PC gamer, so I always like to use a gamepad.
0: I mean, like but there, it works. I mean, like totally. When you're using WASD, is totally important for first-person shooters. But for a platformer like Sonic, I'm just I'm used to the gamepad. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's I it, I feel like it definitely works better with a gamepad. Um, it, it, the thing is, is like they kind of um, they translate like the classic two D Sonic gameplay right into three D. So Sonic moves really fast if you if you give him some momentum. So it's really about kind of control and um, and getting really good at navigating these platform sections. And it just feels so rewarding when you do get good at it. And the game is actually fairly challenging.
0: Okay. Well, I gotta give it a go, and I'm I'm glad to know about the controls because I I heard some controversy about the controls that kind of put me off, and then they changed one of the music tracks, this tracks of the first level a little, and then I wasn't so sure. But if you say it really does play that well, I mean, yeah, definitely. I'll and and you're using a standard like what, uh, uh, like Xbox control pad or something.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Oh, sorry, you you broke up. Can you say that
0: again? Uh, what sort of game pad are you using? Just like a Xbox 360 gamepad. Cool. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. oh, actually, speaking speaking of when I got the uh, official Sega um, Mega Drive Mini, one thing I love about it is that they've got like USB uh, Mega Drive game pads. So it just feels. Oh yeah. It feels exactly like the game i was using it for testing my game which was just felt so right it was just it feels it's exactly like the original game pads only it's usb so you can hopefully play it with a lot of stuff there i don't know i've just got this thing about game pads and control schemes
1: oh no definitely like i actually you know one of the reasons i wanted to get the genesis mini was for the usb game pads and um <laughs> I, yeah i haven't got it yet but i did manage to find a usb genesis gamepad at best buy not too long ago and I was so excited because I've been, I, I use it to play Sonic Mania now. And now it's the only way I can play Sonic Mania. <laughs> it it oh, just yeah. feels so right, like you said.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally. it's
2: super awesome that they're like making new Genesis controllers out there.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I've... I even think that they're coming out with a,
1: like a modern Dreamcast controller that's kind of reworked that people are psyched about.
0: Yeah, I believe so. I've I've read about that. Yeah, it Se- kind of
1: rearranges the buttons to into a more traditional gamepad structure
0: Sega were always the best when it came to gamepads, I mean, and controls people even say that the Master System Phaser was better than the Nintendo Zapper mm. I just know that their Dreamcast Light Gun was awesome uh, with Vior, they could totally be a resurgence in the Light Gun genre I know, right? yeah it's like the only thing that can like match them ever since ever since crt ever since lcd tvs meant light guns didn't really work anymore it's it's just been awkward with either mouse and with either mouse controls or just or just bad motion controls but with vr you could totally properly recreate things Uh, i think there i think there is a remake going on but i think it's by the people who did the panzer dragoon remake so i don't really know what the situation is there
1: Oh, you mean of, like, the House of the Dead
0: or something? Yeah, House of the Dead. Which... Yeah, I did hear about that. Oh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, part of me kind of wishes that uh, gamepads evolved to keep the, the six-button layout of, like, the Saturn and later Mega Drive controllers instead of, like, the four-button layout that every controller seems to have nowadays.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um i don't know i will then you're going to be happy with the uh with the new dreamcast controller they're making that will have the six button layout um, oh really yeah um i don't oh, know cool it was good. um i don't know i mean i'm i'm easy i mean remember the original xbox controller did have this technically a six button layout and they just oh yeah yeah then they just kind of switched the uh then they switched the two um, the the buttons. What happened to the extra two buttons on the face is they got moved to the triggers, basically. So now each console has two sets of triggers, that's, and that's yeah. yeah. That's true, huh? That they kind
1: of moved them around, but they're still more or less six to eight buttons.
0: Pretty much. But I,
1: you know, like you were saying, that um, you know, Sega has always been really good with game pads, and I feel like it's because they sort of did really good with you know translating. You know, Sega has always had its roots in the arcade games, and I feel like that's what they've tried to do with their gamepads, was translate arcade setups to a
0: traditional gamepad setup. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, well, I mean, like... I mean, definitely with arcades, you need to care about the their, the feel. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess... Maybe. That could be one of the reasons. Um, all right. Well, um... All right unless there's anything else anyone wants to hopefully unless there's anything else anyone wants to bring up i think we might uh, bring it to a close around then if that's okay sounds good to me yeah cool. definitely yes and um okay well it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun uh thanks miles uh thanks keith for coming oh thank you for having me huh. yeah absolutely thank you uh oh, i think the pleasure is well it's my pleasure well it's our pleasure i suppose so um <laughs> yeah um it's been a lot of fun chatting and thanks and thanks for coming on and uh will i think we'll leave things at that so uh take care and all the best and goodbye and yeah, take care everybody have a good one take
2: care